Amen. Isn't it great to have the praise team back? So grateful for their service. And I uh, want to also just join in and saying what a joy it is to see our baby dedications today. I always uh, appreciate this day so much. And uh, I'm sure, uh, Kevin, back in 1973 when you met Mike Stewart, uh, there was probably some concern about y'all becoming parents. Um, but now you're parents and, and grandparents, and I think you're doing a great job. So uh, what, a, what a gift to be able to see that this morning. I also want to say thanks to John Hill for inviting us into a season of prayer as we seek those who God may be calling to shepherd this flock. And uh, just a few additional comments about the 40 days of prayer. Uh, as John mentioned, you should have received in the mail, if you're on our mailing list, uh, a copy of the 40 days of prayer that shows you how that uh, connects to our Vision 2030. Uh, and then also a bookmark in there uh, that just helps you if you would like to have that guide along the way. Uh, if you're not on our mailing list, no worries. We have those out in the foyer. If you'd like to grab a hard copy of those today on your way out, please do that and follow along with us. Uh, we would uh, be delighted to have you join us during this season. Uh, each Friday during the 40 days of prayer, as John alluded to, we are, we're asking uh, for you to participate in a time of fasting, just one meal on Fridays. Uh, maybe you've fasted before, maybe you've never fasted before. Uh, this is a spiritual discipline that we, we see in God's Word, and it's one that we want to uh, ascribe to as well during this season. And so, uh, maybe breakfast, maybe lunch, it may be dinner, uh, but that you choose a meal to abstain from for the purpose of being formed spiritually, uh, maybe a time of prayer during that time. So I want to encourage you to participate that um, as your health would allow, and uh, I think that will be a blessing to all of us. Um, and it's on these times in particular, on these fasting days, that I want to encourage us to pray about uh, God leading us uh, to uh, shepherds of this flock. And so, uh, you know, I hope you'll do that throughout this whole 40 days. Uh, we're not asking you to, hey, come up after service today and, and give the shepherds some names of people. No, 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 no. We don't want to, that's not how we're going to start. We're going to start in a season of prayer. And we're going to go before God and we're going to seek His face. We're going to seek His favor. We're going to seek His wisdom uh, and not just run into decision making uh, as we are prone to do. Uh, and so I want to encourage us to really take this 40 days seriously. So we're not just praying about shepherds for this flock, we're also praying about our Vision 2030. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that throughout uh, this series as we launch into that here in just a moment. Our vision is really what we want to see and what we believe God is calling us to see. You'll see it on the screen. Uh, we believe God is calling us to see kingdom devoted disciples that are making disciples of nations and generations. I, I hope you'll commit this to memory, not because it's just some catchy phrase, but, be, but because it is the launching pad of, of who we believe God is calling us to be in alignment with His Word. And so, kingdom is that which Jesus told us to seek first. Uh, the greatest uh, sermon ever preached, much better than any of one of my sermons, much better than any one of uh, the sermons you've heard from any preacher, was Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And what He told us to remember is to seek first the kingdom. So it was very important that as this phrase was being crafted, as our vision was being crafted, that the very first word was that which Jesus told us to seek first, kingdom. This is the reign of God, it's the rule of God, it is the presence of God. That when we think about kingdom, we think about the king's dominion. That there's a, a king who, who dominates, 
And when his rule is on display, when his reign is on display, it looks a certain way. And it's, it's not a, a cookie-cutter way. It's not a put-in-a-box kind of way. It's not, okay, if we, if we do three songs and a prayer, that's not what kingdom is talking about. What kingdom is talking about is the reign of God, the rule of God on display 365 days a year. This is what the kingdom is talking about, the kingdom of God being on display. And so today we're beginning a new series called Practicing the Kingdom. This may be a phrase that you've, you've not used before. It's one that, that I've only adopted over the past few years. What does it mean not just to have a vision? What does it mean to actually live it? Not just on Sundays gathered in this room. What does it mean to have a vision that you, you live out in everyday life? And there's, there's many things that go into this. Uh, yesterday, our children each had a basketball game, three basketball games in one Saturday. There's a lot going on. And we, I watched each game. Um, I'm, not, I'm not coaching this year, so I got to actually sit back and, and, and watch as a, as a parent. And so I'm watching each game, and each game I'm watching, I'll notice my child doing something like, ooh, we didn't work on that. We need to, we need to start working on that. Uh, or, or, oh, ooh, yeah, I need, to, I need to have a little more of a driveway session on, on that thing right there. You know, maybe it's defense, maybe it's offense, maybe it's being in the right position, maybe it's, you know, whatever it is. I see uh, Paul Johnson, coach, shaking his head, yeah, 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 that's what I did all my life. You know, like, th this, is, this is what it's about. You know, and so I, I noticed these things, and, it, and, and it's not like this, this prescriptive, like, oh, you got to do this, this, you know. It's now that there's some things that we all need to work on. Not, not in some legalistic kind of way, but there's just, there's ways that we are to grow. There's things that we need to practice, and not just anything, but the things of Jesus. The things that Jesus practiced while He was on this earth. So we look in uh, different parts of Scripture, which we'll move to in just a moment. Uh, Nicholas Herman was born in 1611, a little town in northeastern France. As a young man, he joined the army, fought in the Thirty Years' War, which was one of the most destructive conflicts in European history. And one of the reasons for this war was Emperor Ferdinand was for forcing Protestant Christians into Catholicism after the Protestant Reformation had really swept through Europe in the 1500s. And one of the launching paths of the Protestant Reformation was by a gentleman named Martin Luther who took 95 theses, 95 things that he, he believed needed attention, and nailed them uh, to the castle church in Wittenberg, Germany, protesting Protestant, the selling of indulgences, which were like certificates that were supposed to reduce the punishment of sin. And so what Martin Luther claimed was that Christ was the one who forgave sin. That repentance was this inner spiritual repentance rather than some external certificate that you had to purchase. And so this was all in the 1500s. And this sets the context for Nicholas Herman coming onto the scene in 1611. And he comes onto the scene, and this is what we see. We see that, that he's 18 years old, that he's, he's in the military, and, and, and during one of the winters that he was in the military, he notices this, this barren tree in the dead of winter, 
no life on the tree, it's barren, it's dead, no fruits being produced. And he begins to just imagine what that tree is going to look like in the spring. He imagines the, the transformation that's going to take place on this tree. I mean, just imagine you being out over here at Oak Mountain or down here at, at Red Mountain or up here at Ruffner Mountain. You're just taking a hike. You're, you're, you're seeing this time of year, you're seeing kind of the deadness of the trees. You're seeing how there, there's really no, no life, it doesn't seem like. But, but can you imagine just seeing that and then, and then begin to, to foresee the coming of new life, new creation, the green that's on the way, the new leaves that are on the way. And so Nicholas Herman saw this and what, what he began to envision actually became transformational in his own life. It wasn't just about the transformation of the trees, that this very thought began to transform his soul. It began to become so impactful to him that he had a transformational experience through it. He then had a back injury, retires from the military, and joins a monastery in France and takes the name Lawrence of the Resurrection. In many circles, his name has become known as Brother Lawrence. And so he spent the rest of his life working in a kitchen and repairing sandals. This is what I want you to catch. Because often we think about practicing the kingdom or practicing the way of Jesus we, that you have to, to get on some church staff or you have to go to seminary for four years or you have to, to do these things. Brother Lawrence worked in the kitchen, serving meals, and he also repaired sandals. But he had been so transformed by the love of God and the power of God that he practiced this living continually in conscious awareness of God. What did we sing a few moments ago? Let us become more aware of your presence. Did we just sing that or do we really, do we really believe that? I mean, it's a nice song, praise team knocked it out of the park, but, but do, we, do we really believe that that is what our call is in life, whether you're working in the kitchen or repairing shoes, or you're a teacher, or you're a doctor, or you're a lawyer, or you're a stay-at-home parent, or you're in the business world? Or maybe you find yourself in some other capacity. Do we practice this presence on a continual basis? Despite his humble position in the community, Nicholas Herman, Brother Lawrence, his reputation attracted many visitors from the outside who sought spiritual guidance from him. And the practical wisdom that he shared would later become the basis for his book, this book, The Practice of the Presence of God. It was said of Brother Lawrence, he always enjoyed himself no matter what he was doing because he did everything, even the smallest things, for the love of God. 
Now, this is not the only book that I recommend when someone is interested in learning more about prayer, but it is one of the books that I recommend when someone is interested in learning more about prayer. And way before even Brother Lawrence came on the scene in the 1600s, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, was the presence of God on this earth. And he practiced the presence of God and modeled it in such a way that was an invitation for us to do the same, an invitation for us to also practice the presence of God. So let's get into the Word for a moment. If you have your Bibles, please be turning to Luke chapter 4. If you have a device, I'd encourage you to pull it up on the device, or you'll also be able to see it on the screen. In Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 1, here's what we read. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. Two times in these two verses, really two times in one verse, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. Then he was led by the Holy Spirit. You say, wait a minute, Jesus was God. Why, why does he, he need this other part of the Trinity to be with it? Why does he need the Holy Spirit? I mean, Jesus is God. He could probably do all He's modeling, he's practicing what it means to live a life in the kingdom. Just do this New Testament survey with me. Look on the screen. Jesus was conceived by the Spirit, Luke 1. Anointed by the Spirit, Luke 4. Filled with the Spirit, John 3. Sealed by the Spirit, John 6. Led by the Spirit, Luke 4. Rejoiced in the Spirit, Luke 10. Gave commands by the Spirit, Acts 1. Performed miracles by the power of the Spirit, Matthew 12. Was resurrected by the Spirit, Romans 8. And through the Spirit presented Himself fully obedient, Hebrews 9. From birth to life to death to resurrection to ascension, Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's the point. Practicing the way of Jesus involves depending on what Jesus depended on. The Holy Spirit. Uh, we don't have time to go into all of the dynamics of the Holy Spirit. We did a series on that a few months ago. You're welcome to check that out online. It's an eight-week series that we did. But it's not what we don't know to do. Most of the time we know what to do is that we don't live it. I had one of our shepherds years ago tell me that the gap, that gap, is the Holy Spirit. And that was helpful to me, for one of my shepherds to share that. Don't miss that Jesus was full of the Spirit in Luke 4, and then comes the temptation of Jesus before he walks into the wilderness before he encounters the temptation. Forty days, Satan tempts Jesus. Jesus responds with what? With each temptation, Jesus responds with the Word of God. So, turn this stone into bread. Man doesn't live by bread alone. Worship me and it's all yours. Worship the Lord your God and serve Him only. <laughs> Throw yourself down, for it's written, His angels will guard you. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. The same word that sustained Jesus in the wilderness is the same word He's about to preach. It's my deep and profound, sincere hope, church, 
that you would allow the scriptures to form you, that they would matter to you, that hearing the word of God would matter to you because faith comes by hearing the word of God and that you would hold preaching and teaching in high regard, not because it's me, because preachers come and go, teachers come and go, but the word of God remains. Today as we kick off our Bible classes, it's a great time of year for you to commit yourself to being in the Word, in community, in this way. So you'll see on the screen there's, there's several Bible classes that are starting back today, right after service, about 10.50 today. So right over here in this room, the chapel, Nathan Heischler will be teaching you on the book of Genesis, continuing a study. Right in this room, there'll be a conversation going on about the field trip that took place yesterday to the Legacy Museum. In the Tri Room, there's, there's a class that's going on, going online in a handbasket taught by the Pruitt Brothers. In the Fireside Room, there's a class going on today called Mama Bear Apologetics, taught by David Ashley and Nick Fowler. We also have a a college class that's taking place upstairs. Just go as far as you can go in this building and you'll find it. Uh, the teens are also down that way having a, a class. All of our students, um, elementary age students will be upstairs. So there's, there's a class for everybody. And I hope that you will take a moment to just commit to say, hey, I want, I want to be involved in learning and maybe for some of you, you're, you're being called to teach. I'm thankful for all those teachers that I just mentioned a moment ago, and not just those, but many more. Some of you, I look out, have been teaching for, for so long. What a blessing that's been. Maybe God's calling you to do that. I, I love the fact that I've, I see uh, Caroline Pruitt and Elizabeth Pruitt teaching our four-year-olds. They don't have any kids in the children's ministry, but they do that because they have bought into the vision they believe about generations. They believe that, that passing on the faith to generations is important, and I, I love that. And so we know that that's not everybody's gift. It's not everybody's gift. It's not everybody's calling to teach. But, but what is your gift? What is your calling? And we want to help you discover that. And so on January 22nd, I'll be starting a class called Catch the Vision. Uh, we do this about every quarter. And I want to invite you to be a part of that if you've not already, if you're new to this church. I'll come. I'll get to teach the first few weeks there. It'll be upstairs by the elevator. It doesn't work, <laughs> but it, it'll be upstairs, and we'll, we'll figure out a way to get you up there if you, if you can't. Um, but that, that's, that's a great opportunity for us to just walk alongside one another, and I want to encourage you in that. Let's move on. Luke 4, 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in what? In the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. Jesus was, was full of the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness and returns to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Don't miss this. Some of you are in the wilderness right now. Or you've been in a season where you've been in the wilderness. Or you may be going into a season where you will be in the wilderness. And I want you to know that I, I spent time specifically praying for you. No, not by name, because I don't know everybody's situation. I know many of them, but I don't know everybody's situation in this room. I spent, spent time this week praying 
for the wildernesses that we as a church walk through. And my prayer for each of us, my prayer for each of you that have found yourself in that time of wilderness is that you are reminded that our Lord and our Savior has not left you alone, but that He has sent a comforter. A friend of mine sent this to me this week. You'll see it on the screen. I hope it blesses you the way it blessed me. Not only is all your affliction momentary, not only is all your affliction light in comparison to eternity and the glory there, but all of it is totally meaningful. Every millisecond of your pain from the fallen nature or fallen man, every millisecond of your misery in the path of obedience is producing a peculiar glory you will get because of that. I don't care if it was cancer or criticism. I don't care if it was slander or sickness. It wasn't meaningless. It's doing something. It's not meaningless. Of course you can't see what it's doing. Don't look to what is seen. When your mom dies, when your kid dies, when you got cancer at 40, when a car careens into the sidewalk and takes her out, don't say, it's meaningless. It's not. It's working for you an eternal weight of glory. Therefore, therefore, do not lose heart. But take these truths and day by day focus on them. Preach them to yourself every morning. Get alone with God and preach his word into your mind until your heart sings with confidence that you are new and cared for. Say it any better myself so I didn't try. The church practicing the reign of God, the rule of God, the presence of God in your life, particularly in times when you do not feel like it, is precisely the obedient response that our Lord uses to demonstrate the breaking out of His kingdom. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You are blessed when you are spiritually bankrupt, when you are at your lowest of lows, Jesus says, yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed. Romans 5 says this, therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into His grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given 
to us. In a moment, I'm going to ask you just to pull out the index card that should be in the pew rack in front of you. Uh, and I'm going to ask you to take that, uh, if you're here in person, if you're joining us online, I'm going to ask you to, to use the online connection card to do that. And this is completely anonymous. I'm not asking you to write your name on it. That's, that's not the point. Uh, uh, but if, if, if we are going to believe in this way, then we are going to practice what we believe. And, and I just am going to ask you to write down a prayer request on that card. So there may be a burden that you're carrying from 2022 or before, and you're still carrying it. There may be a hurt, a pain, a health concern, the loss of a loved one, anxiety, depression. There may be a financial concern, a, a strained relationship. There may be unforgiveness. Here's one that I struggled with over the years, passivity. There may be unbelief, stress, a marriage crisis, addiction, loneliness, or maybe you're carrying the burden of a loved one. And I want you to take that index card and I, I just want you to, to finish this sentence, Lord, please. Lord, please. Please heal my loved one. Lord, please forgive me. Lord, please help me with. Lord, please give me wisdom in this situation. And in faith, I want you to, to lay that request before God. And in a moment, not right now, but in a moment, I'm going to have you do something with those cards. And my commitment will be that I will pray over each of those and ask our shepherds to do the same this week during our 40 days of prayer. One of my professors, Dr. John Mark Hicks, used to say this, practicing the kingdom is a specific way of talking about a communal discipleship, which is a mode of living in the world for the sake of the world. And so we, we move from, from Luke to, to Luke volume two, the book of Acts, written by the same guy. And I believe that Acts 2.42 is one way of describing what it means to practice the kingdom of God. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And this was not a practice, these were not practices that were just reserved for the church building on Sunday mornings. As far as we know, in these days there were no church buildings. Chew on that for a few minutes. These were practices that took place, even in John's communion thoughts, 150 years later. These are practices that are continuing to take place, practices. And these are practices that formed early Christians deeply. Um, I thought about working out with a few buddies years ago. I used to work out. I still do um, annually. <laughs> but I remember working out with a few guys, and I, I remember one of, the, one of the practices that we had was, was not, not, just, not just lifting weights, but walking outside of the gym after we lifted weights and just praying together. 
And we weren't trying to do that to say, hey, look at us, and, and hey, look at what we're doing, and, and look at how great. No, we, we just felt like it was a practice that needed to happen for our formation that day. And I can't tell you the number of stories of folks that would just come up to us. We had a lady that walked right into the middle of our, our prayer, said, hey, I know you are praying, but I've got a situation going on with my child, and I, I just, I, I want you to pray about it. We had folks that contacted us and said, you know, I, I saw you praying, and, and it, I can't tell you what that, that meant to my faith. And, and again, it wasn't, it wasn't for a showy thing. It was just, we believed that that practice was important, not just in these four walls. Yes, we pray in our closet. We pray in our prayer closet. Jesus told us that. I, I get that. But we also pray communally together. And so Acts 2.42, it really reaches back into the Gospel of Luke and it projects forward into the rest of Acts. Acts 2.42 really becomes this, this practical hinge between the two narratives, teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread and prayer. We're all part of Jesus' ministry. And we get to, to this, this second volume of Luke and what do we see? That the church continues what Jesus began. James A. Harding, the guy that they named Harding University for, he called these means of grace. To practice the kingdom of God is to open our lives to the inbreaking of God's kingdom as he acts through appointed means. And so God comes through the teaching of his church. He comes through the fellowship of his people. He comes through the breaking of bread, and he comes through the prayers. And so here's a few things that I want to call us to engage in this very week. The very practical part of the practices. Here they are on the screen. Engage in learning the Word. Enter into Christ-centered community. Not just in this space, but even in smaller spaces. Experience the table. We're going to sing a song about that in just a moment. And then lastly, expectant prayer. Here's what the psalmist says. The psalmist says in Psalm 5 that we, we lay our requests before God and then wait in expectation. And it's not a passive waiting. It's an active waiting. And so in a moment, the praise team is going to lead us in a song. At this table, everyone is welcome. At this table, everyone is seen. At this table, everybody matters. So come as you are. As they sing this song, I'm going to invite you, there'll be baskets down front, to take that prayer request on your card. And I'm going to ask you to come and lay it. There's nothing magical about it, but in faith, just lay it in this basket at the foot of the cross to put it there. And that as a church family that we continue these next 40 days praying for God's favor in our lives. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for practices that, while methods may have changed, Father, your, your word has not, and practices that still hold true today. It, it, I pray that we will be a people that devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And not in, again, not in some rote way, not in some checklist kind of way, but in a way that continues to form us and shape us and shapes those around us. God, we, we are going to lay these requests at your feet, and in faith, we're going to bring them before your throne of grace. 
And we don't do so unwaveringly because we know that we have one who intercedes on our behalf that has walked the life that we have walked, that has put on flesh and dwelt among us. And so we pray all of these things in the name of Jesus. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And the church said, Amen.